You're listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast with your host, Johnny D, the motivational cowboy. 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 As a motivational speaker, Johnny D impacts audiences around the world with his message of living the outstanding life. He's a best-selling author, MC, and two-time Grammy-considered artist. This podcast is a place where Johnny D can introduce you to his outstanding friends and share funny, interesting, and heart-provoking stories. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. Here comes your host, Johnny D. Hey everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to my Outstanding Life podcast. And I want to welcome all my friends on Dirt Road Radio, KYDT 103.1 FM and KBFS 1450 AM. Good morning, everyone. I am so excited about today's show, but before we get things kicked off, if you are listening to the show, I want you to reach out to me on social media, or you can email me at D at motivationalcowboy.com. Let me know where you listened to this show, and I want to send you a special gift. That's right. I just got some new hats and some new t-shirts made up, and I want the fans to have them. So, hey, everybody, again, wherever you're listening, if you're listening on the radio right now, make sure you reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Motivational Cowboy. Or if you're listening to the podcast, man, send me a message on social, and I would love to send out some new hats and new t-shirts. Today's show is absolutely amazing. I met this man years ago. This young man, his name is Cameron Law. He's out of Texas. He's a writer, artist, actor, producer. Everybody, please welcome Cameron Law. Cameron, what is going on, brother? Hey, 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 Johnny D. Man, I can't thank you enough for allowing me to be part of this show. Uh, Such an honor and a privilege to to first and foremost start off. I want to definitely say thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing me to be here. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm so glad. I know that we've uh, our schedules are are pretty crazy right now, and I'm just glad that we are able to have time before we start traveling again later this week. Uh, Cam, you know, um, hearing a little bit about your story, I was just so enlightened by what you have accomplished. Like I said in the intro, you're a writer, you're an artist, you're an actor, you're a producer, you're a man that produced already um, one movie, and we'll talk about that later on. But Cam, I, I, I want to know personally, and I, and I want you to share with everybody listening, where sure. did you grow up? So uh, I actually grew up in Mesquite, Texas. Uh, so if you're looking, in, it, it's about 20 miles east of Dallas. Uh, and so I grew up in a small town, Mesquite, Texas. Uh, and a little bit about the town is that there's a lot of uh, it's blue collar town. Okay. And what I mean, and what I mean by that is that uh, there's a lot of principles that were kind of instilled, you know, uh, faith, family, uh, respect, you know, and hard work. Uh, and those are really the the uh, values that were really instilled um, growing up, growing up in Mesquite. Cam, I have to ask, um, what was it like growing up for you? Were you yeah. a rich family? Were you a poor family? <laughs> I mean, what was that like? Yeah, yeah, I would love to say we were a rich family, uh, but as you know, as I mentioned, growing up in Mesquite, uh, it was a blue collar town, and you know, for the most part, um, we were, um, you know, in the initial start off, we were, you know, kind of that that middle modern middle middle class family. However, uh, things took a turn. Uh, primarily uh, because of uh, what happened with uh, my dad when he wasn't uh, in the picture. Uh, and then our family became really poor, really, really poor. Um, so I would like to say that we were rich, but uh, we actually uh, struggled quite a bit. Cam, if you don't uh, mind me asking, what happened mm-hmm. with your father? Yeah, yeah. So um, my dad ended up having to spend some time uh, in prison. Uh, and a lot of things that ended up happening as a result of that uh, is where our family really struggled. And so uh, when I was about 10 years old, uh, we had to, we had to get, we had to, we, we, well, we, we first, first let me, let me back up and back up here. So um, the first time that he had gone in, uh, we were living in a house. We had a really nice house, a 2000 square foot home. I see we were middle-class family. When he went away, uh, we had to leave that, house which is four bedroom house into an apartment that was, was a two bedroom apartment it's about a thousand square feet and i i have two older brothers so it's a mom my two older brothers and me now going to a two bedroom apartment that was close to around the age of 10 
then from there, um, we couldn't afford to even keep that apartment up. So uh, we were actually evicted out of the apartment. And so, you know, you're 10, 11 years old as a kid, you go into the court and you hear the judge tell, tell your mom, you have seven days to get out of this place. Oh, man. And not knowing where you're going to go at this point. So, um, you know, and I remember being in the living room um, after getting evicted. I remember hugging my mom so much, so hard, crying on the living room floor. And, you know, I, I, you know, as a kid, I said, I don't ever want to be in this situation where I can't do anything to fix this. And so um, what ended up happening in that uh, scenario is we actually left that apartment um, and my my aunt let us come stay with her uh, in Wilmer, Texas. Now, this is uh, about. 20 miles south of Dallas. So we went from east of Dallas now to south of Dallas. So that means changing school centers as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and like 11 years old, kind of going to middle school and things of that sort. And uh, and um, so, you know, we moved over there uh, with my aunt. And when I lived with my aunt, this lasted almost about two years. And that was, to me, one of the defining moments of my childhood because when we moved over there, you know, uh, it was, you know, my mom was sharing a room with my grandma, you know, and uh, me and my middle brother, we were living in the living room, sleeping on the couches um, and not having money for uh, for clothes. You know, the car had broken down, you know, <laughs> uh, then my grandma ended up getting sick and she passed away. I mean, it just it was a lot of things that didn't happen in a short amount of time, you know, uh, and. And, 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 you know, and, and um, it just it, 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 it was like it was one of those things that was a defining moment in childhood uh, to kind of kind of elaborate a little further on the story. Uh, so like this is about 11 years old. My dad spent, you know, some years here, some years behind bars. So when we moved over to Wilmer uh, and we were living uh, with my aunt at this point. You know, like I said my grandma, she had passed away. Uh, my brother and I we were living in the living room on couches. Um, the thing is, is that uh, the schools were uh, in Wilmer wasn't like the schools in Mesquite. Uh, so, you know, it was, yes, it was one to try to change schools, but they're trying to stay in certain school districts. So what ended up happening is when we moved, it was in the summer. And so by the time I was starting the eighth grade, um, we were uh, – we were using an address in Mesquite for me to still go to the schools out here because the schools in Mesquite were better. Okay. And so one of our, one of our friends that lived here in Mesquite uh, would let me come and stay with them during the week uh, to go to school. And so here I am, you know, you know, 11, 12 years old. And it's like, I'm having to, to live on my own, you know, and it's not, not to blame my parents and like that, you know, it's because of the circumstance that we're in and my parents still wanted me to get a proper education. So one of my, one of the friends, they let me come and stay with them during the week to go to school. Uh, and I would from there catch the bus, go to school, but it was the, it was me having to get up in the morning and having to make sure I'm on time to go to school, you know, and, and get good grades and then keep things under radar. So they didn't know that I was living, that I really live in somewhere else, but I'm living here at Mesquite with a friend. Wow, Cam, yeah. I, I I I know that this has got to be <laughs> kind of tough, but I, I yeah. can I just say, um, uh-huh. thank you for being so honest. Yeah, yeah. Thank you because there's so many people out there that think that that their lives are tough and that nobody understands. Yeah, yeah. And uh, wow, you got me um, choked up. Um, and you think at times that your life is tough mm-hmm. until you listen listen to somebody else's story. Right. And right. uh, so I appreciate the honesty and um, um, please continue. So you were, oh you were God, going back and forth to school. You're on a bus. Yes. You were, you're obviously yes. keeping good grades. What was your motivation yes. to yes. keep great, you know, keep those grades up? You know, I look back now and what I was motivated for is that I was, want, I wanted to be successful at something. You know, I After really everything want- going on in your young yeah. life, you yeah. still knew. Mm-hmm. That you wanted to be successful. Yes. Yes. Cam, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I, I wanted to be 
the best that I possibly could be. And I didn't want to feel helpless. You know, like I say, when we was in a courtroom and that judge said, you have seven days to get out of your home. And I said, I never want anyone to ever be able to tell, tell it to me or my family ever again. And so at, day at 10, 11 years old, you were like the man of the house then too. Yeah. Yeah. So you had the mental pressure of, of wanting to do well right. to show your mother, Hey, look at, we're going to mm. be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Cam. I know that I just, yeah. I, I, you're, the story is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and that's, that's kind of how it is even today where I still, there's still that kid, kid at heart that says that no matter what's going to happen, we're going to get through this. We're going to fix it. Amen, brother. So what was high school like for you then? That, so, that, that was middle school. Yeah. Yeah. So that was middle school. So when we got into high school. Uh, it was still kind of carrying on my freshman year. You know, I was, you know, uh, again, you know, using a friend's address to be able to go to the school, the high school. Uh, and, and, and it was to get, like I said, get good grades. And a lot of people, the kids, they, they had no idea the life I was living. They had no idea, you know, and this is where, uh, this is kind of where it was, it was for me, it was like, you know, no one knew the life that I was living, you know, and like they would see me wear the same clothes I had on, you know, and I always try to keep a smile on my face. You know, knowing that didn't have, you know, there was, a, I didn't have money for lunch. <laughs> you know, I had no money for lunch, you know, and then kids would want to say, hey, let's go hang out and do this. I didn't have money to do that, you know, and then I, you know, I would have to, you know, like I say, depend upon uh, friends to kind of get me around, you know, and having to constantly ask people for, you know, for things and they talk to you down, they, you know, say, you know, where, where is this person? Why is this helping you out? And, you know, and, you know, and, and, and not really understanding you know, what it means to really struggle yeah. and, and to be and to be in poverty, you know, and, and, and people, you know, the, the way people treat you when you're, you know, down, so to speak, you know, people would find it easy to kick you while you're down and actually give you a hand to help you up. Oh, right. You know, I, and, you know, and unfortunately, Cam, I mean, even though we're adults now and it still happens, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just doesn't happen yeah. when you're kids. It happens when you're adults too, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's, it's it's unbelievable. You know, so my freshman year, you know, I said, I'm, you know, and I, I'm in high school and there's kids that are going off of doing this. And, you know, and, and it's like, you know, like, man, they, they're going in there and all kind of team activities and sports and the parents come and pick them up and take them here and they go buy them this. They can they can afford to buy them, you know, uh, 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 things for the sports and then they buy things for the, everybody and the kids. And I was like, I'm looking back and said, man, I said, that must be nice, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and these are just these are things, you know, just, you know, middle, middle, normal middle class families are able to do, you know. Um, so this carried on, like I say, for me, uh, freshman in high school, you know, and then and then the other thing, too, is not really having friends that age that can understand that life. Right. So that that's what was hard to also to be able to make friends. Well, yeah, you was, were keeping every everything a secret. Right. You, like, right. Literally, you were living a secret life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of that is because I didn't want I didn't want uh, it, it, it was embarrassing. It's embarrassing to talk about. You know, uh, it was it was one of those things that, you know, when you, when you tell somebody this, it was like I would tell my friends back at the age, you know, and I would try to talk about it and they would hear it. But they never understood it. Right. They never understood it. You know, and then then when you would say something to other people, they would judge you. You know, so so it, it, for me, it got to a point I said, well, all right, how about I how about we just keep this to ourselves? And and, and this at this time, my moment, uh, like I said, keep it to myself, but also exercise faith. And I said, OK, all right. You know, God, if we're in this predicament, I truly believe that at some point you're going to lead us through this thing. And it's going to it's going to you're going to use me for a certain reason. That you want to use me for. And, you know, to be able to share uh, this experience, you know, um, like I said, where I come from and then what it is, it, it instilled that that hard work ethic and faith that no matter what's going through, nothing's going to stop me. Cam, I, and then this is something I didn't know, but I am going to ask. Yeah. Since all this is going on in your, you know, young life, mm-hmm. so faith played a big role absolutely in your life let me ask you this where where did you get that from was it your grandma was it your mom 
Was it was it something your dad left you with? What was it for you? Or is it something that that faith found you during this process? You know, it was a combination of uh, a, a combination to begin with uh, both my parents. You okay. know, um, you know, my dad. I I I truly do love my dad. You know, uh, he went to prison because uh, uh, you know he struggled with uh, an addiction, and you know a lot of things. And it's taken many many years to kind of to get past that addiction. You know, I'm proud to say that now today he's gotten past that addiction. Oh, amen. You know? That's awesome. And, and, and the first thing he'll tell you uh, or anybody is that uh, ultimately what, it, what got him through that is God's word. That's the very first thing he'll tell you. And, you know, and, 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 and you know, when I, you know, when he was, that was one of the things that he was like the, the drill sergeant, so to speak, you know, so to speak, you know, I knew that like when he was, he was in the picture, you know, there was, there was confidence that was instilled in me as a man. There was God's word that was drilled into me as a man. You know, um, there was a lot of things that like I said that he really, you know, put the foundation on my mother, uh, more than anyone. Uh, she is, uh, a, she is a, a firm believer. And, uh, even, even like I said, the time that we were living in, you know, what I didn't understand is that what she was going through is losing her mother, you know, and, um, but even that, even with her faith, she had the belief of being able to see her again. And that's one thing that she always kind of kept with me. So, you know, when I'm, I'm living with friends and things of that sort, my mom constantly, even though, like I say, we, you know, I'm living with friends and then going back to my aunt's house in between my friend's house and my aunt's house, my mom always kept, you know, prayer and God's word drilled into me. My middle brother, the same thing as well, too. So, you know, uh, it was it was prayer and God's word, you know, and and, you know, when you're going through a trial, you know, and it's hard to see the outcome. This is when your test. This is when your faith is actually tested the most. And what it's actually doing. I look back now is that it's actually building your faith. Yeah, that's what it's actually doing. It's building your faith and saying, OK, if we can hang in and get through this here, if we can suffer through this time right now. We'll eventually get to the other side, look back and say, look what God has pulled me through. Amen, brother. I have to ask, during, during this whole process, um, you know, did you play sports? Did you, you know, were you in choir? Were you, yeah. like, were you, you know, an actor then? Uh, you know, what it was interesting what happened is that I I, uh, I, I got into acting at eighth grade. Um, okay. Right, ironically, when all of this was happening. Um, and I wanted to play, I wanted to play football so bad, but because I'm, because of living situation, you know, going to practices and games, things of that sort, I really couldn't, I couldn't commit to that, you know? Yeah. So because I, I didn't have a stable living situation. So I said, okay, so acting is cool. I said, because we were, you know, we were, we can rehearse during the school hours. And I said, okay, it's, it's only one play, you know, you know, one, one or two plays each, each semester. I said, okay, I can make one or two plays. I can't make 10 games, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, 10 football games. I can make at least one or two plays. So, so I said, let's just try, let's try this. And, uh, my first, my very first, uh, teacher her name was Miss Mines. And in eighth grade, you know, I just, I, I, I took it and I, I, I really liked it. You know, um, a lot of students in the class were just taking it because it was part of an elective. And they did, they weren't serious about it, you know, uh, why but do you think you liked it, Cam? Was you know, it I, was it maybe the mm-hmm. escape? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. You know, I felt like I felt like when I would come to school, I was already acting because I'm putting <laughs> on a smile. Wow, dude, you, know? you just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> you know, and so I said, "Well, I feel like I'm already living this life," and I said, "Okay, so I get to be somebody else as an actor." And that to me was what was really cool about an eighth grade that I really enjoyed. Do you remember your first play? Uh, I do. Yes. Yes. What um, was it? And what did you play? <laughs> the very first play I was in, it was, um, it was back in eighth grade. Um, unfortunately I can't remember the name of that actual play. It's okay. Uh, but, uh, I, I had a very small role in it. Uh, and we, and we went to, it was called UIL. So at the end of every year, uh, it's like a, uh, it's like a competition. I hate to say it's a competition for acting, but it was all the school districts that have put on plays uh, and which was called UIL. And you kind of compete with other schools and see kind of what schools did the best performance, Okay, you know, 
and uh, I I won an award. Oh wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I won an award for for best supporting actor. I, I had a very small role in the play, and I won an award. I said, "Oh man, this is cool," you know. And I said, "Man," I said, and, and it was good because I said I got recognized for something that I accomplished. Yeah, and no one knew the life that I was actually living. Wow, and um, that was that was so meaningful to me. And you know, and 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 I, and I was in eighth grade. I fell in love with it. Um, now, what's interesting is that um, uh, in ninth grade, so my, my two older brothers, they were in choir. My dad, he always loved singing. And so in ninth grade, I tried choir and I didn't really like it. <laughs> I did it because my brothers did it. And I did it because my my dad liked singing and he wanted me to have some kind of musical thing. Uh, you know, that's some things he, he, he kind of always drilled into me. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, and so I did it for that reason. I hate a choir. I actually, <laughs> I lasted one semester and I said, I'm not getting out of this mess. <laughs> so Cam, can you sing? You know, uh, I, no. I, well, <laughs> interesting enough. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a shower singer, but uh, if the role calls for it, I actually will do it. In fact, my very first musical happened in high school uh, and it was uh, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And so that's, a, you know, it's a musical. And uh, I was—I actually got a chance to sing in the sing in the musical. Uh, funny story: What happened about it is that you know when you when you're in school, middle school, high school, kids are in there. They're just because it's an elective. They just they, they don't really care about it. Right. My high school teacher is the one who kind of really started my uh, foundation for acting. Uh, interesting enough, her name was Miss Wilson, uh, uh, Lynn Ardell Wilson. Her initials spell my last name, L-A-W. Lynn oh, wow. Uh, and to me, she was my my first uh, love as an acting teacher and mentor. Um, and she always will be. Um, so we, we did uh, the play called You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And it was a musical. And I played the character Linus. And if you're familiar with it, Linus always carried the blanket. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, so about a week before we did this musical, uh, the other guy uh, who played Schroeder, he failed. So he could not be in the play. So uh, a week before the, uh, and we got to perform this thing, you know. So uh, a week before, Miss Wilson comes to me and says, Cameron, I need you to do what's called uh, double duty. I need you to play both Linus and Schroeder. I'm going to combine the characters because you are pass- passing your classes and you seem to really be passionate about this. I feel you can do it. I'm going to give you both roles. Whoa. And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, absolutely. I went home and started studying that night. And, and <laughs> within, within a week, I was off book on, I was off book on both roles. So, so, okay. I just, I, I want to make sure that I understand this. So you yeah. literally had to play two roles during this yes. play. Yes. So that means mm-hmm. changing out of costume, the whole deal. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Wow. Yep. yep. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and it was interesting because there was there was some scenes where both characters in the same scene. So she had me. Sometimes she had me just do Linus's lines, and sometimes she had me do Shoulders' lines when we were together. You know, but but for the most part, it worked out. About ninety percent of the play, it worked out where I was just changing costumes the whole time. You know, and and we did this play. We did it multiple times. You know, so yeah. um, it was uh, it, it, you know, but to me it was so much fun. I never saw it as work. I loved it. You know, I loved studying my lines. I loved uh, being both characters. I loved uh, getting a chance to 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 really be able to to act and to share a story. That's that's what to me what is so powerful and so beautiful about acting is that you're getting a chance to share a story. Well, Cam, I I um. Mm-hmm. I see a story out of what you just said, and that is when you're passionate about something, mm-hmm. you have to constantly be prepared yes. to do something bigger and better. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and, and, and when that opportunity mm-hmm. is presented to you, mm-hmm. you have to grab it with both hands and run like heck. Absolutely. And that's exactly what you did. And, and I think that that is so, so incredible. And what a life lesson for everybody listening right now. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you really are truly passionate about what you are, there's mm-hmm. a lot of hard work that goes into it. Yeah. It's absolutely. not just easy. I mean, everybody yeah. sees, yeah. everybody sees an actor mm-hmm. 
you know, either on TV doing a show or if it's a yeah. play, seeing them on mm-hmm. stage, but they don't realize the hours and hours and hours right. of time practicing behind yep. the scenes, behind yep. the stage. And I yep. guess that's like a, you know, a person owning a business, you know, the yep. same thing. People exactly. see your smiling face, but they don't realize the hours of the hard work that you have to do to have that business yep. and be prepared to be unprepared. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that's awesome, man. So, so let me ask you this. And you did this through high school. Yes. Uh, did you go to college? I did. I did. So uh, what ended up happening is, um, let's say Miss, uh, Miss Wilson, she was like a, um, she was, uh, she, I remember she pulled me right before we got ready to graduate. She said, Cameron, I'm going to come talk to you like a mother. She said, there's a lot of things in the acting industry. She said, I want you to stay away from. So I want you to stay true to the craft. So I want you to stay away from drugs. Stay away from uh, excessive drinking. Stay away from that type of stuff and really focus on that craft. I made her a promise, Johnny D. When I graduated. And to this day, I've kept that promise. Dude, you and, just gave me goosebumps again. <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, and I said, I said, I want to be the entertainer that you can share a story. I don't need the fulfillment of the drug to tell that I want the truth of that person's life to be my drug. Amen, to, brother. You know, and, and, uh, and so what happened is that she, she helped me look for some schools and stuff like that, uh, around. And I was looking at uh, schools in California and stuff. And I was like, you know, I said, like, my family doesn't come from money. You know, we couldn't afford to send me to, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I found a local, a local place here in Dallas, uh, that taught acting. And I went there and I studied, uh, and, uh, you know, something that was, uh, it, it was one of those things that, it was like, how do you study uh, acting? You know, how do you get, you know, a, a degree in acting? Well, I found a local place here uh, that actually offered what's called an associate of um, associate of arts and acting science is uh, what the degree is called. <laughs> and uh, I was like, acting science. I said, like, what is that? And so, what it really is is really the study of human behavior. And uh, I remember one of the first things I had learned when I went to this place, uh, it was, you know, it said, uh, in order to portray someone else, you have to fully, un- you have to understand yourself before you can portray somebody else. Wow. And, you know, and a lot of what that is, is that is studying the human behavior. Yep. You know, and studying how people think, what how people operate, what moves us, what moves me, uh, you know, and, 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 and really studying that. And that's where I spent quite a bit of time studying human behavior. And that's, that's the thing. I, I, I love Johnny. I love watching people cause I study people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Cam, yeah. let me, let me ask you this then. I mean, so you started acting at a very young age, eighth grade. Yeah. You're also a writer through this mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Were you like journaling? Were you writing as as a child as well, or did the whole writing thing come later on? The writing thing came later on, actually. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. The, what what happened is uh, so after I was being studying uh, uh, studying so I, in in middle school, high school, I studied theater, arts, musical theater. Uh, when I after high school, I began studying uh, commercials, uh, print, TV, film. Uh, now, now I just want to I just want to brag on you for a second because the people listening right now may have seen you on commercials and they don't even realize because this is radio yeah. and this is a podcast. Yeah, you've yeah. been on national commercials and stuff like that. What's it like? I, I have to ask. What's it like for you to see yourself on TV? You know, you know, it, you know. I say you're 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 your own worst critic. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, you know. It's funny. Uh, Seeing myself uh, on TV, I'm like, wow. For me, I, th- there's that kid in me that says, "Man, I didn't give up on this." Yeah. You know, and then I say, "Okay, I can't watch too much." So I'm start nitpicking and saying what I could have did better. <laughs> well, we all we, we all can, right? But you got to start yeah. somewhere, and you have to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. You know, absolutely. I, I um I. I have to ask. I have to ask this question. We, yeah. we you know, we talked about school. We talked a little bit about college, mm-hmm. but I, ha- I, I'm just going to be personal for a minute. Yeah, yeah. You said your dad got out of out of prison. Mm-hmm. What was that like when your dad got out? For you yeah. to be able to to be able to mm-hmm. to show him the kind of man that you became. You know, um, that's a uh, it's a very um, 
rewarding feeling. You know, because like I said, I, you know, as, as, a, as a son, you look up to your dad as your hero. You know, and and um, you want him to be proud of you. Yeah. You know, and, and, and for me, you know, I, I told my dad this. I said, I said, I don't want this to sound the wrong way. I said, but daddy, I want to do everything that you did, but just do it better. Yeah. I love it. And, and you know, and he, he smiled at me and said, <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, I'm proud of you, son. Cam with, you know, <laughs> I, I want to get as much into this show as I possibly can through mm-hmm. all of this. And I know mm-hmm. that even in the speaking business for me, mm-hmm. you know, I've had a couple different mentors, yeah. um, I, I know that you talked about one of your mentors. She was a teacher, but did you have yes. any other mentors like after school when you really started, you know, uh, going on auditions and stuff like that? Did you have a, a mentor? Yes. Yes. And, 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 and let me ask you this before I ask you about this person. Do you believe that no matter what you want to do in life, mm-hmm. that a person should find a mentor? You know, I would say, I would say that you're blessed if you're able to find one. Um, for me, I, I, I really was. Um, my mentor, his name was uh, Daniel Foster. Okay. And uh, there was a place called Class Act Dallas, and what it was was it was a weekly acting workshop. So as I, as I, you know, finished up, kind of, kind of with college, and you know, I'd had an agent at that point, and. What, what 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 no one tells you in the in, 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 in the entertainment industry is that once you have an agent, they're going to submit you on anything. <laughs> right. They, they want to get paid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they want you working. You know. So th- so and and, and and it's the kind of business where you can never be prepared, but it's better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. Amen, brother. And and so what what happens is that um, you know, as an actor, you know you you go on auditions, things of that sort. You may do plays, you may do commercials, you may do short films, things of that sort. Uh, and and those things are great. But just like any athlete, you have to train for that. Yep. You know you have to be in a gym. If you know if you got a foot like for, for example football, if you got a game coming up, you know on Thursday, and you have not trained. You have not caught football passes or tackled somebody. You're not going to be prepared for that game. It's the exact same thing in acting is that if you aren't studying and reading scripts and practicing these scenes aloud and actually workshopping them before you get on the set, you're going to make it, you're going to make a fool of yourself. And so for, for me, I said, okay, I, I said, oh, this is cool. I have an agent. I'm going on auditions and auditions are seeing, okay, you know, are you right for this role? Well, to be better prepared at room. Uh, for the audition, you know, it's good to be in a class that's like your practice. Okay. And so, and, and so that that's what class at Dallas was for me, and that's how I met Daniel Foster. Um, and so, and one of the things that it was all kind of different materials that and he introduced me to. Uh, uh, he introduced me to a lot of different writers, a lot of different material, uh, a lot of different uh, uh, chance to workshop opportunities to actually get on camera in class and be able to watch myself back on camera, see what I'm doing. Cam, I, I have to ask this question and, and this comes up quite a bit, like even in, in, in my speaking career, people, you know, yeah. often ask, um, have you ever failed? Absolutely. Have you ever not, ha- I mean, have you ever failed at your craft? Have you ever not did a good job? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, 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 I, and I think it's important, right, Cam, for everybody to realize that, mm-hmm. listen, they're not all going to be 110%. You yep. are going to have those times that, that, um, it's just, it ain't going to be right. Yeah. I, yep. I mean, I don't know how to say it, but it's just not going to be right. And you have to shrug it off and learn from it and move on. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, interesting about that is that kind of throughout the years of, you know, I've gone on a ton of auditions, Johnny. D. And I'm sure you got all of them. Oh, every last one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, um, there was a saying that was, a, uh, you know, you go on so many auditions and you never hear anything back from them. That's that's the thing that's frustrating is that you go in and some you feel went really well, 
you don't hear back from me. He's like, what happened? Is it me? Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and then there, there's ones where I want to, I've completely bombed them, you know, where I've gone in and I've forgot the lines, you know, I've, I've, I've been so, so nervous that I couldn't even concentrate. And you they know? loved you. And, yeah. Oh, but, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh man, you know, and I, you know, these are big time. I remember one, I remember one audition I went for, uh, it was, for, it was for, uh, for something on Disney channel. Okay. And so I got so caught up, so nervous. I said, Oh my gosh. And I went in that room and I made a complete, Oh man. I just, I, I made a complete bomb of that audition. <laughs> You know, and you know, you know, it's bad when you walk out of the room. You know, you didn't get the job before you even got to the door. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so now you're looking for the fast way out of the entire building. <laughs> like, please, nobody see me. You know, you put a hat on. You're like, please. Th- that was so embarrassing. You know, and you, you know, you get to your car, and and, and the other thing too is that we have additions. You know, and your family knows you're an actor. They always ask, how did how did it go? I said, oh, God, now I got to explain how terrible this went. Right. So, I'm, you know, they said, because, you know, you're so excited about the audition. And he said, and so you told everybody. And then, and then you know, you, you said, yeah, now you have to tell them what really happened. And, uh, you know, and, and so that's so I, I've been not hired more than I have been hired. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. One hundred percent, man. Yeah, and and, and yeah. again, I, I, I think that that's, you know, really important and, and something else I want to make sure that I bring up in yeah. this show is, um, you just produced your mm-hmm. first short film yes. and I want you to tell everybody the title and what mm-hmm. it's about. Absolutely. So uh, my very first short film that I actually produced, wrote, created, it's called Life of an Artist. And uh, let me and, just say, yeah. absolutely amazing. <laughs> and Thank and you. I'm not just saying that. I watched it again twice today, just, you know, before the show. Uh, talk a little bit about why you did it. Yeah. Yeah. And how it so happened. My, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Life of an Artist, it's a it's a it's a performance piece. Uh, and it's meant to inspire the viewer to follow their dreams relentlessly. And especially no matter what it is, no matter what it is. Yep. yep. So whether it's one to be a, a painter, whether it's one to be, you know, a chef, a doctor, uh, a nurse, a lawyer, you know, a football player, an athlete, a, a musician, whatever career field and path that you choose. The, the piece is designed to follow your dreams relentlessly and never give up. And, 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 and don't let the setbacks stop you. You know, as we just talked about, you know, I've been not hired more than I've been hired. That didn't stop me because I love doing it. And so when you get that, that job and that, that big job, and for me, that came back in um, uh, a few years ago. Uh, and I remember I was the only talent that was on that ad. And my mentor telling me, he said, listen, he said, man, he said, this whole campaign is riding on you. He said, but they chose you because you're the one they want. And that was a special feeling to me that gave me a lot of confidence. And so when I created Life of an Artist, I had began writing this uh, story, Life of an Artist. Uh, it, w- it, was, it was several years ago. Uh, and re- interesting enough, it originated as a poem first. And I fell in love with it so much. I said, man, I said, you know, so this really speaks in a lot of different ways, a lot of different people. And I wanted to create something that's universal because I feel that when you, you're really passionate about something else, I think that that connects us all. It reminds us all what it is to be human and what it means to, to, to serve others. And so when I began writing Life and Artist, I wanted to create it in a way to where it feels like it's talking to you individually, but also cl- uh, addressing an entire audience. And uh, that's how the story has kind of evolved. So Life of an Artist, like I say, is designed to encourage the viewer to follow your dreams and say, listen, if he can do it or I can do it, so can you. Absolutely. And it does. And it does that. And Cam, where can people find this short film at? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's, it's easy to stream. You can go. There's a website, lifeofanartist.com. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. Uh, You can pretty much type in Life of an Artist, but it has to be with an E. And the reason why is because – Copyright reasons. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, life of an artist actually taken. So uh, a lot of people want to. I'll wear a shirt and they say, "Hey, this life of an artiste." <laughs> I, said, I said, "Well, you're you're pronouncing it correctly." I said, "But I had to say it's life of an artist with an e on it." 
because of copyright reasons. But interesting fact that if you actually look up the word artiste in a dictionary, it actually means performer. So the piece can really be life of a performer. And for me, kind of circling back to my childhood, it felt like I was a performer going to school. Yeah. You know, and, and putting on that smile despite living in a, a, you know, a, a, a life of poverty. And so it felt like I was performing at an early age. And so the, for me, this film was the life of a performer. And Kim, Kim I have to ask this question, man. You mm-hmm. said in the movie, mm-hmm. you said something to uh, the line of uh, you've had to pawn things. Yes. You've had to live in your car. Yes. To follow mm-hmm. your dream. I have Absolutely. to ask, did you yeah. really have to pawn things and did you really have to live in your car during yeah, parts of your life? Yep. Following Absolutely. your dream? Absolutely. Yep. So everything that I wrote in there was actually true. It actually did happen. Uh, the part of me actually uh, pawning my car and living in my car. Uh, so that was two, two, two scenarios would have happened. Living in my car happened when I moved to L.A. the first time. So I moved out to L.A. Uh, back in 2011. I moved out to L.A. and I went out there to be an actor. Instead, I became a banker. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was one of those stories where I, I hopped in my car, took the things I had and drove out to L.A. So I'm going to figure this dream out. And, uh, <laughs> and so I ended up becoming a banker. Well, before I became a banker, I, I was I was homeless, you know, <laughs> uh, and I, I did. I lived in my car, you know, and so I remember uh, I had applied for a job as a banker, and I was living in my car, and I'd gotten a job, and so, but I was homeless. I didn't I had nowhere to live, so what I would do is I would actually drive down to the beach at night, and I would sleep at the beach, and then what I would do is in the morning when the sun came up, I would drive my car, and uh, where the bank was that I'd gotten a job at. Uh, there was a parking garage and I would park all the way down on the bottom. So no one would see me getting out of this car and I would dress and things of that sort. And then I would walk back up, leave my car down there. And I walk back up to the bank where it was and I would do work, go back down to my car. So no one would see this, see me, see me living this way. And then my very first check, like this, this lasted for the duration of, you know, I was homeless for about a month. Okay. And then long when, I, when I got, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> long enough, you know, you know, like, and, and living at the beach is not as cracked up as it seems to be. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you would not believe how loud the beach is at night. You would not, I mean, I mean, there's, pe- there's more people at the beach at night than there are in the daytime. I'm, this is crazy. I'm, 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 I'm thinking it's gonna be, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can find a little nice spot, you know, listen to the waves and fall asleep. But no, there's people talking at night. I'm like, why is there so many people here? I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um so that was so that actually happened like to living in my car what and about pawning things yes yes so um uh before i get in that I, I live in la for about six months as a banker realized i said you know what this is this is not why i moved here to la so i moved back home to dallas okay i bought equipment that i didn't even know how to use and i began that's when i began writing okay writing and I used to be in taping auditions, and uh, and I got back into my weekly acting workshop, got my agent, started working again as an actor. And I said, you know, I can't lose sight of the track of what I'm trying to do. I'm not a banker. I'm an art. I'm an artist. And so, uh, so uh, what ended up happening is, um, uh, in the 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 pursuit of trying to to get uh, get things done. Uh, I remember going into the Lone Star, uh, the, the loan, the, the loan, loan place, loan title company place, and uh, putting my car up, turning my title over. Because at, at this point, at this point, I had the car paid off. So you know, I'm, I'm back home in Dallas, right? And I'm trying to make ends meet, you know, so that I can, so that I can, because when when you're an actor and you have a full time job, it's hard to say, hey, listen, I need to be off tomorrow because I got an audition I need to go to. Yep. You know, your manager and supervisor like, what? What do you mean audition? We need you here to hit the job. And so my loyalty has always been to my career. It's not to the job, you know? And so for me, I said, I said, if I'm going to do work that's going to help support acting it has to be conducive to allow me to do it. And that was a hard time while I couldn't keep a full-time job. So for me, I ended up <laughs> going into the title place and I, I pawned my car. Essentially I had a title loan out on it 
and it's something I, you know, those things are very expensive uh, to do, <laughs> and I, I, I don't recommend doing that at all. You know, um, you know, it, it, it took a long time for me to get the title back to my car because they charge so much money. Right. You right. know, and you know, another thing too is that when you're struggling as an artist, you know, you don't really get the perfect credit because they ask, they want to say, okay, all right, but you go for a loan or you go for a credit card. They want to know what your income is. Well, as an artist, you're an independent contractor. So you don't have this steady check coming in every two weeks. So the banks look at it like this and say, okay, well, if you don't have a steady check coming in every week or two, then how do I know you're going to repay this money back if I loan it to you? Right. You know, so it's like, I said, oh man, so that's another struggle of being an artist, you know, is that as so you go out and you, you know, you, you, you already have a hard time trying to make a living. Then you have a tr- hard time trying to get money loaned to you. So that's why I said, okay, I have my, my car as collateral. Okay. Maybe I can use this, you know, to be able to get, and, and, and that's what I actually did to wow. help make ends meet. <laughs> so, so with just a couple minutes left, I have to ask you this now, because now you're very successful. You, you're married and have two children. So what's yes. it like now when, when you have to say to your wife, Hey, listen, mm-hmm. I have to go on a couple auditions. Yeah. Does, does she always have your back? You know, I, I, I truly have to say my wife is very supportive. Um, in fact, uh, a lot of how the auditions are done now, uh, is that it's because of COVID has actually done, it's, it's been a blessing in disguise is that the, a lot of, um, the tapes now. You're right. So, yeah. You know, so which is great because I don't have to physically go there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can be, uh, you know, I can be in my home, tape the audition and then uh, for the callback, a lot of those are virtual as well, too. So I can do that right on my computer here at home and then book the job out to drive down for the fitting and then drive down for the actual uh, shoot itself. Uh, In fact, this just happened just just a couple weeks ago. Right before we, uh, last week, we, we went on our family vacation to Florida. So right before uh, I had a job and this is that this uh, it was for a call um, uh, on it. Fitness, it's a fitness commercial. Uh, it'd be it'd be coming out here soon. Uh, but my wife is always my reader. Uh, and so it's fun. We actually have a fun time doing it because uh, she, she's not an actress. You know, I'm the one that's on camera. She's off to the side of the camera. So we're reading them. Uh, but she, she, she's always my reader. She's always my supporter for it. Uh, and I think that's, that's what's, what's special is that, you know, when you, you know, for me, I, I love the fact that my wife isn't an actress because to her it's, it's entertaining, you know, and, and for me, it's cool. You know, it, it doesn't feel like it's work, you know, to her and it doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's never worked to me. Cam, was there ever a time mm-hmm. in your career that you thought to yourself, you know what? I can't take this anymore. I'm just going to give up and go get a real job. You know, um, interesting enough, it was back in 2009. Um, I was, this was before I met my wife. Um, and before I moved to LA, uh, I was dating somebody who I had no business dating. Uh, (laughs) 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 and you know, you really have to watch the company you keep. You really do. Because, um, if it's ones that isn't supportive of that, they're going to put those thoughts in your ear. And that's exactly what happened to me. So from 2009 to about uh, the end of 2010, you know, uh, I had tried to go get a real job and it was, and, 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 and I, I had stepped away from acting and I was with this individual and I can't tell you how miserable things were. Because I, you know, I knew that I loved doing something and I wasn't fully pursuing it. And I remember writing about this and said, why do I feel so miserable? I feel so empty. I, I, I'm living a life that's not being fulfilled. And, and the reason why is because I wasn't following and doing and pursuing what I love to do. I was pursuing somebody else's dream. Cam, and, I am so happy <laughs> that you came back. Yeah. To yeah. write, to be an artist, to yeah. act and to produce. Um, one last thing before we yeah. wrap things up. Yeah. Cam, I, is there something, uh, some sort of advice that you could give a person listening right now that yeah. needs to hear something mm-hmm. from you? Somebody that, yeah. that is struggling with maybe their dream. Yeah. Yeah. What advice could you give them? The advice that I would say is this here. 
was advice that was given to me. Find what you love to do and head in that direction. The other piece to this here is to, to follow your dreams relentlessly. And eventually, the paychecks will follow too. But in order to have that happen, you have to, there's two things. They're, they're, they're the most important element you have to have is you have to understand that there's suffering that's involved with it. But if you have the faith to see it through, to get to the other side, that other side is worth it. Because it's going to build your character. The suffering is going to build your character. It's going to allow you to get to the other side. And when you do, you can look back and it's so rewarding. Like I say, you know, for, for what it, and, and, and you can live a life that's being fulfilled, yeah. not someone else's dream. To me, to create life of an artist, you know, as an actor, when I go out to auditions, I'm depending on someone else to hire me. As a writer and a producer, I get to hire myself. Amen. Cam, how can everybody find your, um, your uh, short film again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can find a short film, lifeofanartist.com. Again, it's with an E, lifeofanartist with an E.com. Uh, on YouTube as well, too. Uh, it's, uh, you can find it. There's a link on Facebook as well, too. And it's all free to stream. Awesome. I purposely created this film because I don't want people paying for it. I want, you know, obviously, I've got to be able to make money in it. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, there's there's other avenues to be able to make money. And, you know, those things will come. Uh, I'm in a position financially where I can afford to make a free film. Uh, and that's, it's been a blessing, but I want people to watch this film to get inspired to follow their dreams. That's why I'm, I'm not charging for it. I love I it. Truly watch it and get inspired to follow dreams. So please, if you do have a chance, watch it. Think of, ask yourself, ask yourself, if you listen to this, what do you really want to do in life and whatever you're doing right now, how does that get utilized? Have you get to where you want to go? And, 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 and don't live with the regret of never doing it. Don't live with that regret because too many people are living with that regret. Life is way too short, you know, to, to have regrets. And don't let not fulfilling your true dreams be your regret. Cameron Law, thank you so much. Again, everybody, that's Cameron Law, writer, artist, actor, producer. Cameron, thank you so much for joining the Outstanding Life Podcast. I'm Johnny D, the motivational cowboy telling all of you, be safe, have fun, and have yourself an outstanding day. We'll see you next time right here on the Outstanding Life Podcast. Hey, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Are you planning a conference, convention, meeting, assembly, or any live event that needs a guest speaker? I would love to be a part of it. For more information, visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And don't forget to check out my Outstanding Life podcast every Sunday here on Dirt Road Radio, KYDT 103.1 FM and KBFS 1450 AM. Have an outstanding day. Thanks for listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast. Follow Johnny D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Motivational Cowboy. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, advertise, or would like to make a donation, please visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And remember to have an outstanding day.